Welcome, listeners, to another edition of Podcast 17, episode 11, or 11, on June 14th. Um, it's 10.04. We're four minutes late. I think this is the closest we've ever been to actual showtime when we started the live stream. So this is good. We're getting on a groove here. Um, today we have Emmanuel, as always. Hi, Emmanuel. Hello. And we got Thomas back. Yo. Back from your Prince visit. Darn. Yep. That was pretty awesome. You were telling the live stream listeners before, but uh, just say again for the for the recorded listeners why you actually got a, 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 an award last last week. Sure. So for those of you that will be downloading the podcast and didn't get the pre-game show, if you will, uh, I got the the award essentially for outstanding community service. I was recognized by my school and my peers for the award, and yeah, after documentation, I got to meet Prince Edward, and he presented the award and something else for me. But that was for live stream listeners only. That's not going live out. Something else. Why? Glog glog. That sounds a little homosexual. Ah, that's okay. A little <laughs> bit of coffee rinses it down. <laughs> and also today we have Robert Yang from Radiator. How you doing, man? Hello, howdy. So we're going to be talking about Radiator because you released this week, and what a release it was. A lot of people love this mod. So, but Really? I think so. He's like, oh. whoa, what's going on? <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> but we'll get to that a little bit later in the release section and when we actually get to the interview. But before we do that, we have some things to go through, you know, our normal weekly weekly agenda. Uh, first on the agenda is Podcast 17 news. I just wanted to quickly note about Twitter because Philip got Twitter and then he was like, why didn't Podcast 17 announce that we had Twitter or that he had, they had Twitter? So now everybody's like, yeah, why didn't you listen to Philip? So anyway, we have Twitter. Um, Nick posts all the little episodes on Twitter so every time they get released you can get like an up-to-date sort of announcement on one of the episodes out um, on podcast17.com also I think we're going to start posting on Twitter when we do the live stream we didn't do it this week but when the live stream is live or when we're actually recording we'll post on Twitter as well so that's another good way to check you know in case you forget or something and you have your Twitter account open um, and also I would like to apologize to the live stream listeners who showed up yesterday because um, I guess I had the topic for the agenda as June 13th, 2009, but in the actual body of the agenda, it said June 14th, so people got confused and showed up yesterday for the live stream. Sorry, guys. Um, I just want What's that? How are we going to build listener you know, <laughs> trust when you keep just destroying our relationship with them? It's never going to work. I know. I'm sorry. But um, just just to clarify, though, I mean, I'm not saying it's, you know, the listener's fault, but if we change the live stream date, it will be changed on, like, the main page. So no matter what, we record live Sunday, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and if the time is changed, it will be on podcast17.com as, like, a news post. So just for the future, in case something happens or in case people are like, is it today or tomorrow? It's always Sunday unless said on podcast17.com. So that's just a little little thing I wanted to say. So anyway, that's it. Um, Emmanuel, you want to take us through straight from the mouth of the valve, or Thomas, do you want to do it? So hard. I want to do it so hard. You want to do it? Right, okay. Go ahead. <laughs> so I get to? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right. I made little notes so, for you on the agenda, too. Did you? Oh, God, you're so sweet. <laughs> so sweet. So, um, Chet, 
Which, can I just ask, Chet? What kind of name is Chet? I don't know, I think his parents hated him. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's a better name than Emmanuel or Thomas, but Chet's pretty, yeah. it's pretty odd. I've never met a Chet before. Me neither. Yeah. So, okay, that's enough of that. So let's move on to the next one. No, um, no, he addressed some of the boycott hate. No, we, ad we addressed Chet's name, and that's that. <laughs> well... He addressed the boycott hate for Left 4 Dead 2. We talked about Left 4 Dead 2 last week. We don't want to get too much into it. But uh, he he also announced some newer features which were interesting, such as uh, zombies are having you know more of their parts being blown off, so you're going to get a lot more gibbing. Um, the SDK is going to be coming out of beta really soon. And he commented a little bit about Gabe's initial doubts about Left 4 Dead 2, which is what we sort of speculated last week on Podcast 17. Yeah. Uh, it, it irks me that he's saying, quote-unquote, looking back was the Orange Box ripoff. Well, I mean, he might as well say, was Assassin's Creed a good game? Because he didn't make Orange Box or anything on it. He he works on Left 4 Dead. Valve works on, you know, those IPs. So why would we trust someone else's games for, for his, uh, to, well, for him to justify us buying a new game? I'm not, I don't, sorry. I mean, I can understand that, you know, he's we're now working for that company, but that was the back at a time when they didn't release sequels six months after release, so. <laughs> and yeah. lastly, Chet assured the developers that their maps will work on Left 4 Dead 2, but as we talked to Dave Traeger yesterday, um, it might not work, you know, the other direction. So maps in maps from Left 4 Dead 1 will work in Left 4 Dead 2, but maps in Left 4 Dead 2 will not work in Left 4 Dead 1. So it doesn't go the other way like that. Which I just don't get. I mean, if... If they're going to justify Left 4 Dead 2 in any way, it's got to be, you know, backwards compatibility both ways. You should be able to fire up Left 4 Dead 2 and essentially be playing Left 4 Dead 1 at the same time, you know? Like, if you've got friends, because Dave said it last week, and I really like the idea where you just fire up Left 4 Dead 2 and it's like, you know, just it's just all of the games, be it however many they release. So, you know, if your friend's playing Left 4 Dead 1, it'll just pop you in that Left 4 Dead 1 game and you can play along with your buddies. Exactly. Like sort of like a, a meta game. Yeah, I totally am all for that. Thomas, what do you think about this Chet interview? Well, here's the, here's my one big problem with this whole thing, is that regardless of if you spent $20 on Left 4 Dead like I did, or $50 on Left 4 Dead, that money is null and void. That game is completely out of date and will not be used because of Left 4 Dead 2. Because if they're saying, that, oh yeah, all your Left 4 Dead content will be compatible with Left 4 Dead 2, why even bother with Left 4 Dead? It's like a, it's like an all purchase. I, that's how I feel cheated. It could be a great game, but I've already had to pay an extra twenty dollars for it. That's how I feel. Mm -hmm. All right. And I don't really care what he says. Mister, Mister Yang, what are your thoughts on this? Um, no, I don't know. No comment. <laughs> do, uh, do you not play Left 4 Dead? Um, I don't know. I used to, but I don't know. I'm just really divorced from this whole situation. I don't know. I don't really care. I think yeah. that's a good stance to take. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, we the, that's you can tell. I was listening to the to last week's podcast, and I couldn't help but thinking, you know, it sounds like we really don't care. And it's true. I mean, we really don't. I mean, we trust Valve to that they're, they're that they're gonna you know make it right. But I just I, I'm at the point now where I just don't care. Like if it's good I don't or bad. Get involved anymore. But I, I do like how they're adding. They're even announcing even more new features. So that's good. Anyway, Emmanuel, take us through the rest of the uh, straight from the mouth. Uh, Team Fortress 2 update, no one cares. What yeah. is Turtle Rock? This was I a good article. What? 
Team Fortress 2 update? No, no, no. What is Turtle Rock was a good article because last week we weren't sure really how the whole Turtle Rock franchise sat in with Valve, right? I, I did. They they go all the way back to Counter-Strike Beta 6.1. No, but Remember we sort that, of speculated. Uh... We sort of specul- speculated that Turtle Rock Studios was spearheading Left 4 Dead 2 by themselves. But that's actually not the case. There are a couple people from the TF2 team who are helping. And in fact, in fact, um, in this interview about what is Turtle Rock, um, I think it was Gabe. Gabe was interviewed, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. Gabe actually hinted that Turtle Rock is working on another new game outside of Left 4 Dead 2. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! So instead of working on the uh, the extra content they promised, uh, and besides getting the game, they've already got a release date set for. They're uh, working on a, a third thing. A third thing, yeah, that was hinted that's... in the in the interview. Well, that's good. I'm glad that you know the multitasking. That's admirable. Which I found absolutely insane. I don't. Well, know. but I mean, we're we're also speaking about. Uh, game here, so I mean, we're, this is Valve South, so he probably thinks they're working on it, but they're probably just playing Nerf. And uh, now, Kindred Phantom, Kindred Phantom in the live stream is telling me to reread the article. I read this like word for word, like six times, because I wasn't sure if he was talking about Left 4 Dead 2 or some sort of new new game. Um, because he mentions Left 4 Dead 2 later on, so he's not referring to Left 4 Dead 2 by this new game for Turtle Rock Studios. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, and another thing that I've noticed because uh, la- la- this week, well, no, last week I was going through and um, I was trying to find this quote from uh, Gabe on uh, in an old interview. He's a good interviewer. Yeah, I think so. Interviewee. Too. He says like a lot. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's a forty-five-year-old suburban male, so. Oh, I guess Kindred wasn't talking to me. Sorry, Kindred, for pointing you out. <laughs> <laughs> he was probably like, huh? <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. that, I, I haven't had a chance to go through that entire article, but I suggest that the listeners uh, do like I will and read through it because usually his interviews are pretty interesting. You can, and that's it's a really good read because not only does it explain sort of the structure at Valve, but it explains what happened to Toro Rock and what happened to Valve South because apparently it doesn't exist anymore. There's no actual headquarters for Valve South anymore. Um, they're all just working at Valve or something like that because they didn't, they couldn't justify having their own little building. Wait, so they flew them up to Seattle? I don't know. Some of them left. Some of them are working sort of independently, I think, but they don't actually have their own building as far as I understand. Or they got rid of the Turtle Rock building. So they pulled their, their children out of their elementary schools and ripped a, apart their friendships and everything they held true and loved <laughs> just so that Valve could make us Left 4 Dead 2. And that That's brings sort of how I was reading it, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, we, we, we quote-unquote assimilated Valve South. <laughs> so in other words, they, you know, chained up all the children and be- beated them with sticks and... That's good. I, I, like, I like blood on my hands <laughs> when I play video game. Alright, take us away. Next one. Um, why don't you do it? Because, I mean, you know, you're, you're just rolling it through for me. Well, should we go back to the Team Fortress 2 update? Do people genuinely care about that? Well, if they want to check the Team Fortress 2 update, they can actually read yeah, there, it. Yeah, there's a Team Fortress 2 update. It's, it's, all, so, it's all bug fixes, really. Uh, yeah, well, no, they've also fixed an, uh, an, an engine bug with Data Feed Source where if you loaded Jagged, it would just crash. So. I like those. <laughs> that, I like how they sneak in those Day of Defeat Source updates in with the Team yeah. 2 update posts. No, no one plays, but you know. 
no one plays it, so you need to sneak them in with something that someone does play. Hey, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, I think Data Feed Source is quite a good game. It's, I, I liked it a lot. It's, it's genuinely fun. And it's one of those land games that I've always enjoyed that never got really bored of, but just kind of went out of the limelight. Yeah. I really like Data Feed Source. Robert, they start giving play, it away for free. Robert, do you play Dave Defeat Source or TF2? Um, I did play TF2 for a while, but I'm I'm just awful at aiming, so I'd usually just be heavy or medic. You you and William should should start a little club called uh, <laughs> we're, we're terrible at multiplayer video games, and there's no justifiable reason for it. That's why I like TF2. I could just stand there and not aim, and it was great. Yes, I loved that. You just follow people. It's a simple task for me. Yeah, that you guys love medic. That's, <laughs> you probably loved it when they added that feature where you can just click the mouse once and it'll automatically hold the, uh, <laughs> the healing down for you. So you don't even have to click. You're just running, just WASD, and even then you probably just tap those down. I like simple down. gameplay hey. mechanics. So beautiful. <laughs> I like I like Team Fortress 2 because of the soldier class, which is essentially you don't have to aim either. So I mean, I am the best rocketeer in all of humankind, and I will destroy you a quake or any class where there's a a rocket launcher but i will say that i also liked it because it was simple mm -hmm. all right so the next interview that we got is the gabe newell g4 interview and this is probably if you're going to read anything from straight from the mouth of valve this week read this this was sort of a lengthy g4 interview um it was sort of a follow-up to you know uh, how, how the community is taking left for dead 2 let's have gabe on the on the sort of line and see what he wants to comment about things. So the first thing um, he sort of talks about is uh, Robin Walker's productivity and how well he's sort of rolling with TF2. Um, when he was talking about Robin Walker, this sort of worried me because it's almost like Gabe is praising Robin Walker and Robin Walker almost seems like he cares nothing about the original Half-Life series. Do anybody how else so? get that impression? Uh, I don't... How really? so? I yeah, don't know. Where did you get that? Well, just because he was so concentrated on, you know, TF2. Whenever I think Robin Walker, I think about TF2 development. I don't think about Half-Life 2 development. Yeah. It's sort of worried well, me. You know, I mean, it's, that's hard. That's, that's, I, I thought he only worked on TF2 as well, so I'm not, I can't comment. But. Mm -hmm. Anyway, he also addressed, uh, you know, next-generation consoles, and he mentioned uh, how the 360 is really limiting Left 4 Dead development and updating. Um because it's only well, an 8 I mean, meg yeah, of limitation. Course it is. So, not only that, but you they don't even have I mean they don't know if they're going to have a hard drive or not to rely on. That sucks. And, yeah, and he mentioned that too. So, did the 360 sort of force Left 4 Dead 2? That would no. be the question coming from that. No. No, no, no. No, you That's, don't think so? The PS3 didn't stop uh, the TF2 updates from rolling out. They just don't update TF2 for the PS3. They just don't care. Yeah, That's but he mentioned that as well. He said he is ridiculously upset with the PS3 version of Half-Life, and he wish oh. he could spend more time to it, but he can't. Oh. That's why he said he's he never be. developing another PS3 game, because he is very upset with the way it rolled out on the PS3. But to be fair, William, he didn't really develop the I game know. on the PS3 anyways. Yeah, I know. He had EA do it. Yeah. So, but, but well, but I mean, it, that sucks because that's a whole faucet of player base that's going to be losing out just because of Sony's nonsense. It is a shame, and I remember uh, Valve was ask, actually asking for PS3 developers on their help wanted pages or whatnot. I wonder if they ever yeah. got any. 
No, probably not. I don't think there is such thing as a PS3 developer. <laughs> um, here's something that group. here's something that I thought Thomas would like. Um, comment on TF2 economy trading items in game to other players. Sake. This this I didn't even know about. Apparently, this is a big thing already. What is? What? I, I don't know. Well, people are getting duplicate items in game. And Gabe was saying, hold on to those duplicate items, because you'll be able to trade them with other players in game, sort of making a TF2 economy. <laughs> oh my cool. god. I can't wait to see these on eBay. $5 no. stash a tier Steam account. TF2 is going to no. get absolutely ridiculous. Listen, I, 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 I welcome our RP, RPG overlords. I'm looking forward to you know, <laughs> loading up TF2 and, and going questing with William and... Uh, no, I genuinely, I'm genuinely looking forward to it. They already have a healer, so you know why stop there? Uh, they've got a healer, an archer. Uh, who would be the mage? And I would say like a demo would be soldier. a nuker, or a soldier. No, soldier, soldier would be a mage. I would say because it's oh, fire. Pyro. It's just or yeah, pyro it's should be the because he's got fire. No, no, the pyro would be no, the pyro would be like a rogue or a uh, like a berserker, like close range damage dealer. Wouldn't the scout no. be a rogue? No, because the scout is a... They're quick and they run around. They would be the... Um, oh, the scout? Be the, mm. be the spy. Yeah. <laughs> be the thief. Yeah, no, the spy would be the rogue. You're right. Yeah, yeah the spy oh, okay, would be Yeah, the and then your thief would be the spy and whatever. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to go sell my extra nostaches on eBay at five bucks a piece. <laughs> Uh, I'm never gonna sell anything on eBay, so I'll just give you my items and you can take care yep, of them. Yeah, I'll sell them. I'll sell them for you. It's like, gonna be yep, so ridiculous. This guy's Steam account, and we'll split the money. The next yeah. uh, Thomas Templar episode is gonna be selling TF2 items on eBay. I yeah, guarantee it. Go go <laughs> go to eBay.com and search for user uh, I met the Prince 420, and uh, he'll be <laughs> selling the the hottest uh, TF2 items in the market. Yep, hottest TF2 items. Uh, Brand new, never used, just drop once, you know. <laughs> no, I, I'm genuinely looking forward to what they're doing at TF2 because now they've released, now they've almost released all of the content. So now what? You know, they have to keep it interesting because it's people. People are still playing it. I'm, you know, I'm surprised. I, I bet they're surprised people are still playing it. Like they have, they had a meeting the other day. Then the discussion went, "Hey, did you realize that you know people are still playing that thing? Really? <laughs> well, well, how? What are we gonna do about it? Well, I guess we can." Throw quests in and make it pay to play monthly. <laughs> See if we can get Actually, more that, people not playing. Well, that's that's a good question. If they if they honest to God made it more RPG ish, would you would you would you like or not dislike that? I have no idea what I would like or dislike about TF2 anymore. I am so off the radar with that game. You know, and that's it's, I'm really dejected about that because I had such a good time with that game when it first came out. I mean, genuinely played 30 hours a week. But I think a lot of it had to do with friends, because I would play with good friends, and they kept it interesting. Land, land it too. Mm -hmm. so, um. Anyway, going on with this interview, um, Gabe refused to come on an episode three, and maybe Portal Two. I mean, G Four mentioned something about Portal Two. Maybe it's in development. I don't think it's in development, but um, Gabe said something. It was funny because Gabe said something along the lines of. Uh, um, he mentioned something about episode three and then Doug sort of piped up and said, we're not talking about episode three at this moment. And then Gabe laughed and said, Oh, oh uh, we're not talking about episode three. <laughs> okay. Two things, two things in this, in this, um, 
interview, he directly says, well, we're going to co continue doing DLC for Left 4 Dead. Okay, so there. I take it back. Everything I said about Left 4 Dead 2, I'm fine. They can release Left 4 Dead 2, and I'm cool with that, as long as they keep the DLC promise that they said. So yeah. that's cool. So yeah. hip hip hooray for Valve once again. I'm, I'll buy it if, if they continue the DLC like they said for Left 4 Dead. So. And lastly in this and, interview, um, I don't know how it happened or how they got Gabe off track on this one, but he ranted for a good four paragraphs about DRM and piracy. <laughs> like literally, it was almost talk it was almost asking somebody, So, what's the name of your cat? Well, this is what I think about DRM and piracy. Because <laughs> that's essentially what happened in this interview. Well, it's and this is funny because uh, something similar like this happened with uh, you know, Sins of Soul Empire, what's the name? Ironclad Games, are they the ones who developed that? Yep. I think so. The Nick they interviewed the the headish guy for that, and he did the same thing. They mentioned DRM once, and the guy went on for four or eight pages about <laughs> DRM and why it's bad and why they didn't do it. I mean, ultimately, he ended up putting DRM in the games, but still, it was it was pretty funny. Yeah. But, so, but well, what did you take from the whole episode three thing? Because really, all I mean, every time you see the word Gabe Newell, you think, okay, wh where's the info in episode three? Where when is it coming out? Well, this what is what I took this? out of this interview, that Gabe is really, really being hunted by Doug about Episode 3. Gabe, it sounds like Gabe sort of wants to talk about it, but Doug Lombardi is just like, you know, Gabe, just let's not mention anything at this point. That's how I, that's how I feel about the whole situation. You know, I, I agree. And I was thinking the other day in the car, because it was really starting to irk me, because I've still not heard, you know, I cannot believe we haven't heard anything about it. When you think about it, this is, uh, Episode 3 is pretty serious. I mean, it is serious. In the scheme of things, episode one was the beginning. Episode two was kind of, ah, uh, you know, it's fun. Uh, but this is, I mean, spoiler alert: Eli's dead. That's that's a big, <laughs> that's a big part of the game right there. And episode three has to tie all these loose ends, and we still don't know anything about G-Man. And episode two had a lot to do with G-Man, and it's a lot. It's just a lot when you think about it. Yeah. And they've got a lot to live up to. So, and how awesome would it be if they did a fallout 3 release where they announced haha look at these screenshots and videos episode 3 and by the way we're releasing in a month how awesome would that be yeah, they did it with left 4 dead 2 we'll see if they actually release in a month so maybe they're going towards that sort of development cycle i wouldn't mind i'd rather be kept in the quiet and stupid and alone and cold and dark and then be surprised with a nice release yeah robert are you looking forward to episode 3 do you follow the half-life like single player storyline um yeah um, I'm looking forward to it, but I think, like, this delay is more like they have to follow up that orange box, like, value, like, giant, like, assortment combo of value. So I think they're putting together other stuff to accompany mm -hmm. that. I don't know. Yeah, I would, well, I would hope they package something with it. I could care less. I'd rather they just release episode three and get it done with. Because I don't give a damn about Portal Two. I'm sorry, Portal One was interesting, but I don't. I, if it's holding back episode three, then I'm ready to throw a bow over it. Because well, the problem is now you have longer. to deal with Aperture Science because Aperture Science took a big, big, big role with the Borealis. So um, you're gonna have to address. I mean, Portal Two. I can't really see there being a sequel. Like, what's gonna happen? The the test subject runs well, away, Steve and now it's in real world. Steve UK postulates a very good uh, good point. If they're going to do another box-ish release, like, you know, Orange Box, they don't have a TF2 to put in, so a Left 4 Dead 2 would be, you know, their deal-breaker. Left 4 Dead 2, Episode 3, and... Um, well, Portal 2. Portal 2, right. 
That so would be a good, good release. I would buy that. Yeah, that would... But if that's going to happen, that means we're looking at a slated release of episode three within the next six months. Well, it's not going to happen, <laughs> but man, if it did, I would totally be all over Here, Here's my idea on that, Steve UK. People are going to, th- actually, before before you go into that, people are speculating that Portal's going to be a prequel, not a sequel. Yeah, that, that'll be cool. I'd I like, I like to play that, actually. But mm-hmm. anyway, That continue. story is the only thing that's going to keep me interested in Portal 2, because you know, how many times can you play Portal, honestly? Yeah, how many I played times can times. you solve the room by using Portals? Yeah, yeah. I think well, they need a new gameplay mechanic or something for the Portal 2. Well, th- thinking about it, actually, I take back what I said. I don't think they would do a Left 4 Dead 2 because that's going to put a pretty heavy time limit on them, you know, um, release-wise. But maybe a Left 4 Dead 3 package, Left 4 Dead 3, Portal 2, and uh, Episode 3. That makes more sense because that gives them another two years. So Well, by by the time that Episode 3 is ready to go, we might be up to Left 4 Dead 4 or 5 by that point. No, it wouldn't take that long. Well, you're right, though. At the, re- at the rate they're they- releasing them, though? Yeah, Left 4 Dead 3, yeah. We'll see that in another nine months, and maybe Left 4 Dead 5 and 6 pretty soon. <laughs> All right, so that does it for Straight from the Metal Valve, um, which moves us into our release list. And topping it off this week is Radiator. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Robert, how about you tell us about Radiator and what it's about before we actually get into the interview with you a little bit later on? All right. Um, Radiator is like short form experimental. What else am I missing? Semi episodic single player, and um, I think I started it mainly in response to. I, I've been on a lot of big mod teams, um, like uh, Black Mesa Source, and I was on uh, Night Watch for Half Life One. If any of really? you remember that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and, that's awesome. You've and, already got uh, mad props in my mind now. Yeah, no. Oh, thanks. <laughs> and, um, I mean, the big problem with that was you're getting all this talent, all this amazing talent, but, I mean, the scope of and ambition of each project, it's just impossible. Well, oh, wait, Nightwatch, did you, did you work with Flash Devil? Um, I remember that name rings a bell, yeah. Flash, do you remember him? Do you guys, do you guys remember Vaguely, seeing? Yeah, I don't know. Remember, that was a long time ago. Yeah, so do you guys remember seeing are, advertisements about, for Nightwatch and Sven Co-op? Cause that was awesome. Yeah. Do we, did Nightwatch <laughs> ever finally Nightwatch released, right? Yeah. I didn't play nope, it yet. I nope, can't go play we that. didn't. No. no. Oh. Whoops. Then uh, what I have, I'm not going to talk about. <clears throat> See that that really pisses me off because I followed that mod for months, yeah. years, thinking, oh man, I can't wait for this to be released. But of course, it didn't release. I think random people leak random copies, probably, but officially, no, we never released. So tell yeah, us more well, about uh, Radiator and, and how. Wait, before this you go on up. about Radiator, <laughs> about did you did you ever partake in Map Wars with uh, Flash Double? Um, yeah, I think once, and I think we tried doing Map Wars again. Like, really? Let's go. If you do it again, like, count me in. That was that was really fun. We should do it again. <laughs> yeah. Okay, carry. Cool. Carry on, I won't. Carry I won't on. Tell us about the first episode of Radiator and sort of what's involved. All right. Uh, first episode of Radiator is called um, Polaris, and it's it's about stargazing in uh, central California on a really awful date, and the narrator just 
and slash player character just doesn't really like it and um i i kind of created that vo- voice and tone to maybe mirror the player's own skepticism like i i saw a lot of comments like what is this mod about can anyone tell me in one sentence <laughs> and i, I kind of made it kind of like weird and mysterious on purpose so um and i i guess i'm still being cryptic here um <laughs> Gotta, I don't know. You, you, you stargaze. I can't really. I don't know what else yeah, to I mean, say. We'll go into we'll go into spoilers because um, that's what we do on this show. But yes. I have to say, Polaris was generally awesome. I had a great time. I wasn't expecting it. I how much most play time? Mom, what's that? How much playtime for like us that minutes? don't have computers? Ten minutes. That's it. Yep. Ten minutes. Yeah, I would say about ten minutes. Well, okay. looking at the screenshots and the videos, it looks. Most cutscenes are really annoying, done really cheesily, but you uh, you pulled it off. Really? <laughs> yeah. Like, no, no. I, no. By no means is it good, like in the scheme of the world, but it's uh, 50 million times better than every other. You know what I mean? Like you've done it, and no one else has. I don't get how no one else can do it, but you can. But that's just <laughs> me. Oh, thank you. So I'll explain Polaris, but we won't go into much detail because we want to get into the interview, and and that's when we're gonna ask you like you know how you did everything. So I'll sort of yeah. spoil Polaris and do a, a run by run. You start in the mod, um, and there's a, it's essentially a storyline, and you're you're actually a female, and you're on a date, as you said, with a guy that you don't really want to be with, um, and he takes you out stargazing, and you have to look up at the skybox, which is really cool, uh, because I've never seen you know this sort of depth and feel with with the actual skybox because most of the game you're looking up at the sky and um he explains some things to you you got to read the narration um uh and you have to point out the stars that he explained so he'll like show you where some stars are and then he'll say okay now you try you tell me where the stars are so you use the cursor and use the crosshair to pick out the sky the the stars then once you find them he'll rotate the sky around you have to do it again it's sort of like uh you know, a teacher and a student sort of environment. Tutorial, really, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and, uh, you know, you have to find Orion's belt, and then you have to, what's the What's the one star called, the one single star? That points Polaris? More? Yeah, I guess, is it Polaris? Polaris. <laughs> I thought there was another, no, I'm thinking of the arch, the bow, Orion's bow. That was the one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, then there was the bow, and then you have to find the uh, the Milky Way, or the, whatever, the, the spoon. Big Dipper. Big yeah, Dipper. Like, little God, Dipper, Big man. Dipper. <laughs> I'm bad at this sort of stuff. And then Polaris. You have to finally find Polaris and that points north. So it sort of teaches you a few things about astronomy, which is awesome. And that's it. That's the mod. I can't, I, I'm looking forward to the interview. I have some genuine questions for you. Yeah. So we'll, car- we'll carry on then, but, you know, we can okay. go on for, we can go on now, but we'll wait till then. Yeah. Wait, and then, and then what happens? Well, and then the guy sort of pieces out, which is actually kind of crazy because you're looking up the sky and then you look down and he he disappears and you're like, oh, what the fuck? Where did he go? So you you eventually have to, I'm not going to tell you where to go, but you have to use sort of your skills with stargazing to figure out where to go. That would scare the shit out of me. Like literally would scare me. I would just pee my pants if I was in the middle of the wilderness and I looked up and I looked down and the person's gone. Well, wait a second. Do you actually have to use... Oh, okay. Spoiler alert. Do you have to actually go north to find him, or couldn't you go in any random direction? Uh, if you don't go north, um, yeah, yeah, you don't find him, and you get really pissed off, and the narrator's really pissed off. Awesome. So you do have to go in a certain direction. Cool. Uh, yeah. All right, because I went north right off the bat. I figured, you know, you have to go north. 
So I yeah, know some people don't. <laughs> it's kind of weird. <laughs> All that work was Sad. for nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, anyway, going on through the release list, we got a couple things to catch up on. Um, the Day I Tried to Live is a, po- is a map that was posted on Planet Philip. Um, he gave it, let me go down here, a 3 out of 5, and I'd agree with that. It was actually quite good for being sort of a low-quality map, you know, just simple, simple brushwork. Um, you have to get to point A to point B, but then you have to backtrack through it. And there are some things that I really liked about this mod. Um, or this, this single map um, that a lot of mappers don't do. So um, if, if you want to know more about sort of the backtracking atmosphere and non-linear maps, um, check out The Day I Tried to Live because I think this this map really does it well. He just has to sort of work on the way he structures his maps and sort of brushwork because I enjoyed this. Anybody else play this? No? I okay. would have loved to, but, you know, things. Computer. Yeah. Know. Thanks, listeners. Your dedication and help to know. my situation. Yeah. Uh, another another release on Planet Philip is uh, City Five for Half Life Two Episode Two, and I didn't actually get to play this, um, so check it out. Actually, Planet Philip's going sort of slow yeah. for me. Yeah, me too. I can't pop it up, but I'm I was looking forward to that. I'm putting it on the list of things I want to try out when I get my video card back. Right. There and um, he actually redid. I think he redid the Hall of Fame, and. Uh, and he sort of cleared up some of the tags on that. So if you want to go through his Hall of Fame, that's an excellent place to go if you're if you're bored and want to play some single player mods. Um, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to that. Like I said, I want to try that out. If Planet Philip works, of course, when you actually get the show notes to this podcast and you know want to look at it right, Philip, it's gonna work. Hmm? He's hmm? probably on. He's probably in the live stream. <laughs> no, he is. He is. Um. <laughs> And then we have, of course, the big, the one, the only, Curse. Curse. The Curse, yeah, episode Curse one released. And, More uh, curiously, can I just say, why yeah. does it say episode one? Because he is releasing other episodes. It's only three maps. God. Yeah. He mentioned that in the interview that we had him on the, um, the other time. <laughs> and he's going to be releasing episode two. We hope to have Gabron next week. Um, he told me that he wanted to take sort of a hiatus. This week, he didn't want to do any interviews, so he'll be doing interviews next week, I think. And uh, we'll, we're definitely trying to have him on the show. I'm almost 80% sure that he's going to come on on Sunday. Um, so that should be an interesting show. But we've talked about the curse a lot. I played the pre-build, which is exactly the same as the final build almost. Um, and all I have to say is get into nightmare mode. If you played this game and haven't gotten to the nightmare modes on the map, you miss, you're missing 80% of this mod easily. So you need to go back. Play in a nightmare mode, and then replay all the all the maps. You know, a lot of people actually don't like Curse, and I don't know why. I you know, and I I saw that coming because even in the videos, I thought, you know, I'm not gonna like this. I'm just not gonna say anything because he's worked really hard on it. But I know I'm not gonna like this. He worked so, so hard on it, and it is generally good. It is a general, it is a full total conversion. I think he did a yeah, really good job. That I respect that, but it. It looks. It reminds me of Dark Might Magic, but I like that game, so you know I'm not gonna make any judgments until I play it. But it just I don't like Egypt. I don't like mummies. I don't like any of that general nonsense. So. Yeah, Thomas, did you end up picking this up, or did you did you play through the uh, pre-build? Uh, really quick. I don't really have too much to comment on it. I actually enjoyed it because I thought that there was a decent amount of action and the puzzle solving. 
Mm. It, like, if you were to take the original Half-Life and put more puzzle solving into it, that's kind of what you're getting with the curse. Because you I know, didn't feel that Half-Life 2 had very much puzzle solving at all. And Phillips uh, sort of mentioned that in the interview the last time we had uh, Gabber on. He, he mentioned that he sort of liked how the, the puzzle and the action was sort of segregated from each other, but it was still very fluid. I I really I really want to like Curse and I when I do play it I hope I like it because I want I want to champion it so I can point at this and say mod developers look at this you can make your own weapons you can change the gameplay and it isn't that difficult and it makes that much of a difference so I hope I like it I really hope I like it. Hmm. Yep. Want All right, like moving it. on. Moving on. Um, Akimbo. I saw this on uh, Mod DB. This was sort of a you know in the back alley release. What it basically allows you to do is play the original Half-Life 1 with akimbo pistols and slow-mo. So if oh. you sort of like slow-mo in Half-Life 2, uh, because you can do like the time scale, or if you like akimbo pistols a la action Half-Life, then you might like this. Or or if you're looking to replay Half-Life 1 and maybe you wanted some flair or something like that, maybe pick up akimbo Half-Life so you can do slow motion. That's kind of that's cool. Um, there was a mod... God, I have to find it. Maybe we could put it in the show notes, but uh, it would it would let you play through Half Life One with Counter Strike weapons, and I yeah, would rather Counter Life. Uh, counter Life. Counter yeah, Life. just play that. Honestly, sorry, sorry, to yeah, developer. Yeah, you, uh, your health, your health chargers or buy zones, and when you yeah, well, you got money. It was, was kind of cool. I liked it. <laughs> um, anyways, onwards. We're going to now move to Infested. So yes. Another map on uh, Planet Philip. Philip. Yeah. What's that? A three-star review from Philip, which means it's probably amazing, and he doesn't know any better. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it just looks like a simple little map. Um, if if you're bored during the week, pick up Infested. I think, and I think it's a pretty mediocre thing. It's not uh, the greatest, but that's what I got from Philip's review. I haven't played it. What about it? Look, what about visually, Philip? Real quick in chat, what did what you think of it visually? Because it looks kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think he mentioned something about Doom Three textures. I think it reused a lot of uh, textures from Doom really? 3. Yeah, let me mm. open up his thing again. Too much, unfortunately, too much like Doom 3. Oh, too much like Doom 3. Yeah. Maybe he meant it was too dark. And it and he, and he said he found the ending too hard, which, let's be honest, if Philip says it's too difficult, then it really is. I mean, might as well just give up. <laughs> too doomy. That's, that's his official stance on it, too doomy. Yeah. Okay, well... What was his five-word review? Because I don't have it up right now. It's taking forever to load up. Uh, unfortunately, too much like Doom 3. That's his five <laughs> <laughs> He really doesn't like Doom 3. <laughs> no, he doesn't. I liked uh, Doom 3 the first time around. It was... So did I, but apparently... Yeah, yeah. And I, I did some modding for Doom 3. I made yeah. some maps in Doom 3. And I, I still stand by it to this day. The best shotgun model, sound, and overall gun ever in a first-person shooter. Oh, that was just fun to use. Yeah. yeah. Just a nice, just satisfying crunch whenever you fired off a, a round. Loved it. <laughs> a, game, a game is as good as its shotgun. I stand by that. It's only as good as a shotgun. Can't be any better Game man. Yeah, and, and Dave asked me last week, you know, are you tired of the Half-Life 2 shotgun? I found that interesting. We're on a shotgun well, yes. roll. Oh, yeah, I'm tired of that piece of I'm junk. I'm tired of it, too. And, and gun. May, may I postulate the greatest, greatest mod ever made, uh, Shotgun Sunrise? Hmm? See the <laughs> yep. <here>? Yeah. <laughs> shotgun um, Sunrise is pretty awesome. All right, Thomas, take us into Media, media Blitz. Media Blitz. Go, Thomas. All right, let's... I also made notes. Oh, Oh. 
I don't need notes when it comes to firearms, please. Oh boy, look, they did another update. <laughs> update. Woo! Did they yeah. release? No? no? All right. Next on the list. <laughs> I'm actually going to go in a little bit of this because I know a fair amount of the background of what's going on in this update. Um, in this update for Firearms Source, which to me seems to be the one that's closest to the never-ending release line, uh, we actually have some new player models and new animations. Now, here's the thing. I did not know this, but this team has the old Firearms animator, uh, I can't pronounce his last name, it is Christian Uland, and he is the best weapons animator when it comes down to realism. Everything that he's ever done with his animation sets is 100% realistic, even in the very first Firearms game. This is coming from the mouth of a soldier, so I'm pretty confident in my stuff here. Um, oh. The player models actually look pretty decent. They're they do look really good. They're using a realistic combat armor. I actually have a set of this stuff. It looks similar to the Eagle releasable armor, which is you know a good choice for the camouflage they're using. Um, the in-game screenshots, though, look kind of rough around the edges. Like the players in, or some, in some areas are coasting above the ground or there's some clipping going on, but I, like I'm reading through the news post, and I guess they have a lot of trouble getting the player models in the game. So you know, and the I've, prone animations. This is mainly about prone animations as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, it looks good, except for the maps. The maps look awful. Seriously, when I looked at the maps, I am so sorry, but it reminds me too much of Pirates, Vikings, and Knights, and I don't know why. But the textures and the sandy beaches and the palm trees everywhere just do not say firearms to me. The original oh, yeah. firearms was very like you know European or Middle Eastern kind of you know gritty feel, and I know that's been overdone, but Thomas, I just can't I, palm trees. I have to agree with you there. I absolutely agree with you there. I really do. But cool. too bad it's all rubbish because this is firearm sorts. Yeah, like, it's kind of doomed in that sense, but the palm trees just really bother the hell out of me. It's like, we're fighting in a tropical paradise? William? It almost looks this... like, uh, it almost looks like Apocalyptica. You know what I mean? Like, mm. almost like Fallout mm -hmm. feel. I just wish, you know, they would, they would release. Well, actually, I wish, actually, I hope they don't release. And, William, let me, let me just check before I, before I say this. Now the email, right? All the the feedback email goes to your account, right? I'm not. I don't see the email. Yes. Okay. Sorry for this. Okay. So uh, don't farm source. get me in trouble. Yeah. Don't do okay. it. So uh, uh, don't do it. Oh, but uh, see, I can see it now, and the live at least the live listeners will get it. But you're just gonna edit it out. No, don't but, even uh, say anything. The media why? release was good. They had some good why? models and good animations. The maps are not as well as we thought. Moving <laughs> on. <laughs> we have uh, uh, Planet Hell. Uh, Emmanuel, we can talk about this later. <laughs> no, we can talk about it right now. Firearms 2, guys. What do you, what do you think about Firearms 2? Which huh? one's that again? Firearms, it's, that's the real one. That's the actual Oh, sequel. no. You didn't go there. I'm editing that out. Moving on. Oh, Planet Half-Life release. Take away my voice there in the recorded release, but the live light cast listeners can always listen to you, and they will carry on my legacy. Do you hear me, man? Dude, you start shit. Congratulations. Genuinely, I've heard the story. Me and William have discussed uh, it. Oh, uh, yeah. You're so full of it. You're just starting no, crap. I no, know you 
Well, I actually sat on the phone with William for like an hour talking about this, and I I support firearms too. I I actually I don't support either of them. I'm just supporting firearms too to piss off firearms source. But we I, did we did go over it here. This is what I'll say. We did go over it in detail, but uh, the the official pod the official podcast seventeen stance because we got some flack and some emails is yes we don't care. And we hope in the future to bring the original, the original developer of Firearms, Firearms One, on the show. Yeah, the one that got released with Counter Strike yeah. Retail way back. That and one, the actual. The one. official Podcast Seventeen stance is: we don't care which firearm source is the real firearm source. We don't care right. who's working for what team. That's we don't that's care. The- Anything. The, we just want one of them to be released. We just want right. to play firearms. That's Actually, the, I want that's one of them the to be official good. one. We, yeah. The official stance is that Emmanuel thinks it's never. Neither of them are going to come out, and that they're both wrong. Well, Emmanuel doesn't well, think have, anything will come out. But moving on. No, Actually, no, no, no. Neo Tokyo is coming out. <laughs> no, no, no. But I, can I just say? Can I just no. say? Of the two. I no, you can't it. say anything. You could talk about like, the yeah, Planet Half Life preview of the curse. Of the two. Firearms, the, the, the PR team for Firearms Source is terrible. I will just say that. I don't know anything about the mod, and I don't want to know anything about the mod until it releases, and I wish they would stop doing these previews and all this nonsense, but their PR team is not that good. Onwards to the Planet Half-Life yeah, let's move on. preview of The Curse. Written and can I just Tell? say, this is, a, this is a proper preview. John uh, yeah, Chief Phillips over at, Yeah, this is an actual preview, so if you want to know about it... Um, our beloved chief over Planet Half-Life has done a fantastic job of some summarizing the game quickly in a short and sweet uh, preview for you. So if you're not really sure about it, just pop on over to Planet Half-Life and check it out. We'll put mm-hmm. it in the show notes. Very good preview. I would, uh, I'd suggest you go read it. Yep. Are Thomas, you next one. Fluttering the boss's ass there. Manually? No, that, 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 <laughs> I know it's, that's, I, I had, I, 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 I think it, it cured my uh, eczema. It was so good. And I think I uh, no longer have ED. It was that good. Yep. So. All right, Thomas, next on the list, because we got to keep moving. Yep, okay. Deadlock shows off a new repassing demo. Uh, I know nothing about... Oh, it's another zombie office mod. Well, it's for Left 4 Dead. It's a mod for Left 4 Dead. Can I, can okay. I just say, when I, was, when I was playing Radiator... Well, no, when I was looking at the screenshots for Radiator, I was thinking, where are the zombies? Like, I was expecting them to pop out at any moment. But you can go on. Sorry. Yeah. So, anyway, I guess they released this path demo where I think it's the AI that can apparently, like, navigate a maze like a rat or something. It's essentially it's essentially a demo showing off um, how maps can... How essentially a mapper can repath a map, which is interesting, because it's nothing too fancy. All it is is triggers and uh, events and log- logic gates. But not, not enough people really do this, because he was able to do this in just stock SDK. But, um, you know, is it worth it? Basically, all this is just a repathing demo, and he shows a video of a person running around, and as he hits different logic gates and different triggers, um, different paths block and different paths open. So there's always a different path to go through, which I found really cool. Um, earlier, we were talking about, you know, maps that sort of fold over on each other, you know, something that's a little bit less linear, but this is something completely different. This is a full repath dynamic map that rebuilds itself um, throughout playtime, which is interesting because, like I said, not enough maps do this. Uh, Counter-Strike did this in Havana, Nick told me, um, this week. I don't remember that at all. 
Um, and apparently Left 4 Dead does it, but I don't I don't notice it as much. I don't notice the repathing in Left 4 Dead as much. No, they could really they could utilize that much better by having like apartments where you can go through certain doors one time and then mm -hmm. not others. Like that would be kind of kind of neat. But then I would be asking, well, why can't I just open the door? You know, <laughs> if the door is going to be open in five minutes, why can't I open it now? Yeah, but it, it's cool. I mean, it, it's it's on the start of I think what the future of game development is sort of going towards this dynamic map generation every time you play. We see it a lot in in non-FPS games, but I really hope to see it more in FPSs. Why why are they talking about Ham and Jim in the? Uh... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like you're look, you work on the team. Will you tell them to stop? <laughs> Fuck on the team. I don't work now for them. I know the developers, Listen. but that's it. Where does All this crap right. keep coming from? Last two things. Uh, media I don't ask me. It's the live stream. Uh, last two things. Last two things. Media okay, blitz. so we've got two mapping contests here. One is for Spend Co-op, and the other one is for uh, Zombie. Blah, 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 blah. We're not saying the name, so we can anger them. Oh right, that other zombie mod. That'll yeah, piss them that off. one of those zombie mod. <laughs> they're gonna get so pissed. <laughs> going nuts. <laughs> okay, yeah. so anyway, um, yeah, there's a and here's the thing: this Sven Co-op one, there's money, money yeah. involved. I so, think it's like seventy-five bucks for top prize. Yep, seventy dollars for top, uh, fifty for second, and thirty-five for third. Uh, and this can be in. Uh, U.S. dollars or in uh, U.S. dollars worth of Steam gifts, so you can get some games and all sorts of other wonderful stuff there. Um, they have three months to create and submit their entries, so you've got plenty of time on this one. Uh, so yeah, if you're a gold source mapper or a source mapper and want to go back to form, you can check this out, make a few quick bucks. Uh, yeah, there isn't too much to say. You can find all the information in the guidelines, which there are plenty. Mm -hmm. on the Sven Co-op website that will be in the show notes. Zombie and, mods. And uh, there's a... Uh, yeah, the, another zombie mod is having a uh, map contest here, and they've got some information. Uh, they've got... And uh, their first place prize is a mystery prize. Yes. Um, one is it a kick in the game. ass? Yeah, yeah, I think that's what it is. <laughs> and then Steam game or package of your choice that is under $30. Uh, the second prize... Or second place is... Uh, 20 or less, and third place is um, Audio Surf because it's 10 or less. <laughs> he, he wants us to read the prizes. Should we? We just All did. Right, well, the prizes. No, we didn't read the prizes, though. For, no, in, in the name of journalistic integrity, we'll, we'll give you some of them. The first place winner is is a game on Steam, and then the other ones are similar, but you'll have to go look at the update yourself to, to find out about it. So. <laughs> yeah, Zombie Mod Source. For anybody who doesn't know what we're talking about, is having a mapping contest. So check out their zombie that, mod source what, mod DB profile. What's the official stance on Podcast Seventeen about our favorite zombie mod? Is it zombie mod source? I would say it's zombie mod source. I I think the I think Tapsur uh, is going to come to my house and decapitate me. But yeah, well, last time I checked, there's a uh, katana in zombie mod source, and there's one in zombie panic. So don't. But so <laughs> right. we could they, they get our stamp of approval. That's that's the official. Yeah. We just like razzing them. Yeah. Um, no, we're, we're forgetting something. Uh, I think we're forgetting an interview with Robert. Hi. Uh, <clears throat> wait. Oh. Um... <laughs> no, All right. Wait. No, I'm serious. I forgot. We forgot something. No. I'm trying to remember what it was. Can we go into the interview. 
Oh, you remember what's in the box? What's in the box? Yeah, I remember what's in the box. Okay, uh, should I? Do you want to go into it this week? Because we have. No. Oh, we only have thirty minutes left. Okay, never mind. Because there's a huge thing about it there. It's it's like coming close to release and all this stuff. We'll, oh, we'll, really? We'll cover, yeah, we'll cover I'll it next show week. You this. Yeah, no, next week. All right, so Robert, my first question about Radiator, going back to Radiator, and I mean, we we went through sort of what's it about, and uh, you know, you know, you're basically just looking at astronomy. But for all the developers out there, I want to know how you did it. Can you share that? Um, I actually include the map source with it if you ever want to, if okay. anyone ever wants to look at it. But um, it's, it's really hacky. It's basically, um, you, you have like that little forest clearing at the bottom, and it opens up into this, like, this, this is all in like a technical sense. It opens up into like a huge funnel, and then... Like, I literally have, like, a flat plane of stars, like, millions of feet above you or something. So, is it an actual skybox, or is it a texture? Um, some of the background is the 3D skybox. And okay. Yeah, 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 it's like a texture. I don't know. I'm not sure what distinction you're trying to make. Um, well, I'm just wondering how how you have it so that uh, you know the whole skybox changes and the the stars light up and it switches around and stuff and it can detect where you're looking, those sort of technicalities. Oh, okay. Well, um, there's an entity in Half-Life Two called Trigger Look, and it knows what you're looking at. And uh, I think Valve used it when you're in the labs with Eli and you decide to, like, read the bulletin board and then Eli will comment on it. Oh, okay. So it's that kind of, like, basic tool that I use. But I just create, like, ten different ones so I know where you're looking. And I have ones to, like, you know if you're looking at the ground, you know if you're looking up at the sky, whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, that's really interesting because, like, like you said, I don't think a lot of people use that that sort of entity and it really does make for an interesting environment. Um, um, so I just want to know what sort of is the motivation behind Radiator because we read your manifesto on the on the website and this is sort of what got me really interested in what Radiator is doing because I read through this manifesto and how you're talking about the mod scene is dead. Um, what what do you want to accomplish with this mod? Um, I I I think I used to have these like lofty ambitions, but. Uh, <laughs> They just get in now, the way. Yeah, They're now difficult. I just want to release. Really, I just want, like I was saying before, a lot, like I had this a lot of frustration with um, the bigger mods. Like, no offense to them, they're they're great teams and stuff, but it's just we weren't getting like a release done as soon as I wanted it. So, with this, I just wanted to do something small that I can actually do myself and keep it manageable. Right, and how many people are working on Radiator with you right now? Because the credits are pretty lengthy, a little bit. Um, it's it's me, and then I have some friends in my house that do voice acting for it, and a bunch of playtesters. Oh, okay. That, yeah, that's it, pretty much. So you do mainly all the development of it? Yeah. And how long did it take you to create Radiator? Um... Polaris or at least took, Polaris, yeah. Um, two two weeks in January, and then oh, wow. it, it was basically done. And then I was just kind of polishing and 
testing it for like five months, I guess. Mm-hmm. Not wow. that really bad anywhere, but um, yeah, that one I I got out really fast. Um, the others have been taking a lot longer. Um, so can you maybe tell us about some of the other episodes or what you're working on? Maybe episode two or episode three? Are you, are you working on multiple at this point? Um, yeah, I'm working on two and three right now. Um, two, you are, it's called Handle with Care, and you are, um, a couple, or you are half of a couple going in for couples counseling, and, um, <laughs> let's see, and basically, it's, how can I explain, it's like, okay, the gameplay is basically the same as, like, this is gonna sound really bad, but it's, basically like crawling around in vents and like moving crates around it's that's my favorite kind of gameplay i'm glad you did that how'd you know <laughs> it's actually kind of like i don't think this is gonna be very fun to play like i'm actually kind of regretting it but I'm kind of too far along with like building it that i just can't stop because i got like voice acting done and i and i learned like face poser to do all the voice acting and choreography and stuff you know, but that's that, that's good that you you sat down and played through Half Life and Half Life Two and thought, you know, you know, I, my favorite part is these little boring, long crawls that I take in between the action. This is we need more of this. That's I'm glad. It's it's a commentary. No, yeah, yeah. that's what it is. Uh, yeah, I mean, most it, even this is a commentary, and that's interesting, because mods with commentary really have a message. So, what is the message of you know the first episode? It seems very relationship related. Um, the first one, uh, what's the message? <laughs> you, you know, to be honest, I, I don't have, a, like, a fucking clue. I don't... <laughs> See, I kind of just made it, like, spontaneously. I didn't really... I, I guess I should have thought of it more. <laughs> speaking, speak, you know, we, we actually get the chance to speak to these devs, and we every time we speak to them, it's just they erode a little bit more of our souls because we always ask you, well, what is your motivation? What are your goals? What do you, what do you do? Why do you do this? And that's always, you know, I just do it now because I'm so invested into it that I just want to get it over with. I don't even want to, like, I hate it. I just don't know why I do it. And be, that's the common denominator now. It's that with Neo Tokyo and Decadence and Zombie Mod and now Radiator. It's it's a sad story. I don't, I don't, I don't like mods anymore. I'm, I'm just going to go die. I wrote some developer notes on the website. And that's that'll be better composed than any response I give right here. <laughs> no, did you now? Did you write notes as you started? Like, did did you did you have notes for the first day, and then the third day, and then the second week, and then the fourth week? So as you go along, it's like, man, this mod's so great! I can't wait to get it released. And the second one's like, all right, it's getting a little difficult. And the third one's like, I wish I was dead. And the fourth <laughs> one, does it just get worse and worse? Um, it, it's more like like a post mortem kind of thing, like. <laughs> Like, oh, here's what I think I did right. I made it kind of weird and mysterious. Here's what I think I did wrong. I think it's kind of boring and I suck. It, it's kind of like that kind of post. And and then kind of more about, I think I'm more interested in like the mechanics I'm, I'm trying to think about. Because you can't even jump in Polaris. I, I, I disabled that. Well, so. there's nothing wrong with that. And, you know, I didn't even notice because I had no need to jump. It's like little things like that that just really make it that really make and, it work. And I just I just have to say thank you because this this mod's about a first date essentially, right? Uh-huh. 
And I think I think it's good that Th- Thomas is finally going to be able to experience what it's like to have you know a relationship with another human being. So <laughs> I just wanted to, I just wanted to thank you to uh. you know, for that to, to Thomas's life because he you know he he has problems. Okay. If you, you are welcome. Are engaged, then I would agree. <laughs> yeah, Thomas is the only one engaged. Not, yeah, but mail order brides don't count. I could get a man. Mail order bride. No, you could. It'd be like, oh, he's on the danger list. <laughs> Listen, we don't we don't talk about. Wait, oh, you guys do you guys have that in Canada? The uh, sexual offenders list. Uh, we got something similar. Yeah, yeah something similar. Yeah. Yeah, you can you can Google um, in your area all the uh, sexual offenders in your ed- yeah. area. So you can get their faces and find yeah. out what they did, so you can hide your children from them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Robert, can you, you make uh, for episode three? Just to, you know, nobody makes anything specifically po- for podcast seventeen. I think it's needed. Can you make an episode that's just about a tram, please? No, 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 no. No, 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 no. A tram. No, 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 no. no, no. Riding I... a tram. A, a. <laughs> Wait, a tra- a tranny, a transsexual? No, no, yeah, a tram, <laughs> like a, oh. a tram ride, like a, a subway no, ride or something like that. Not gonna do a tram. That's even so. that's even more boring. I don't know. I see. <laughs> Finally, someone shares my sentiments. This is this is good. The running like, joke on the podcast is Emmanuel hates any mod that has joke. a tram it's ride. It's a terrible thing. <laughs> Trams are bad. They're just bad. Maybe for episode four. Yeah. That's gonna be so sweet. Or you have to like I, converse I, I will, with people on the subway. If you do that, I will burn your server down. I will find <laughs> any, any any piece of residual information that has any server with any piece of residual information about your mod will be burned to the ground. Period. All of them. I'll burn down Google too if it still shows up when you Google it. <laughs> All right, Thomas. I know you had some questions for Robert. Yes, I do, because I have to say this is quite a change of pace than anything that we've really seen on the Half-Life 2 engine mm-hmm. and interesting story because when I was playing this uh, I actually was thinking to myself wow this could have some really awesome educational applications because you're essentially learning how to stargaze like even though that may not be the intention like a person could after playing this maybe once or twice actually be able to find these stars in the sky if they can actually, you know, get to a place where there's good, good enough lack of lighting. Um, so, did you think that that was going to happen when you were making this? That it might have an application in the educational field? Um, yeah, actually, a minor in education. So, um, I think awesome. that was actually, yeah, one of my kind of points with it. Like a lot of educational games these days are just like. They're kind of like flashcards, like two plus two equals question mark. Whoa! And then you know Whoa. that's not really. <laughs> are you uh, gonna Are you gonna talk bad about my math blaster? Because I will throw down. I will throw down. Math. So hard. Math blaster could have been better. I, I, <laughs> um, Episode four should be a math blaster clone. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, continue. Sorry for cutting you off. It could be done. Um. But yeah, like a lot of educational games just just suck, and I feel like, I mean, you're learning these skills in like, say, World of Warcraft. You like learn math because you're like adding in all like, all these numbers together and stuff, blah blah, and you're, like like you're managing money. Like you're learning these like actual skills, but in non-educational settings, 
and I kind of wanted to meld that, I guess. And and the Big Dipper method, um, that's Tom Polaris, really works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I figured it worked. I, I assumed it worked. I didn't actually go outside the next day. How do you check it out? But. When let's say I'm lost in the middle of the night, you know, I just buried my victim and I can't find the road. <laughs> which? How do you know which one's Polaris? It's um, you walk up at the sky and you you find the Big Dipper. And then the two stars that are the edge of like the ladle of the Big Dipper, they kind of point to Polaris. Mm-hmm. So you mean the handle points at the Big? No, Dipper. not the handle, no, but the, the, the like the ladle scoop thing. Ladle scoop thing. You learned it in the game. What are you talking about? Oh, wait! Did you play it? <laughs> <laughs> no, because I don't have a computer. Because oh, right, the listeners will not don- donate me a video card. Yeah, that's true. Oh no. You learn it in the game, so just wait. Yeah. Yeah, just, yeah, but what about if it happens between now and the video card? But I, <laughs> you I'll you having to bury somebody? Back. Just call me. Just yeah. Give me a call. Hey, William. Kachunk, kachunk. Which one's the... Uh, <laughs> Hold the, uh... on, let me load up Polaris. Yeah. Dunk. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Thomas, you had more, I'm assuming? Yeah, I did. So, like, I'm, I'm very excited. I, and my... Uh... I'm in the education field myself, so that's good to hear that you have a minor in it. Um, and it's also interesting because while I was playing this, my mother, who's a TA in a grade six classroom, walks in and she's like, "Oh, what's this?" And I said, "Well, it's like this mod where you do like stargazing." And she's like, "Hmm, that would work really well in the classroom." I'm like, "Yeah, I bet it would." So, my some of my uh, background is in physical sciences, so like the physics and chemistry. Now, I'm not that familiar with the physics and how accurate it is in the Half-Life 2 engine, but would it be possible, you know, roughly to create a semi-realistic, uh, essentially, like, puzzle-based physics episode, like uh, learning about uh, velocity and how it's independent from your X and Y or something like that? Like, is anything like that complicated possible in the Source engine, do you think? Um, yeah, I think that that's totally possible. I think you can definitely do do that. Um, yeah, yeah, the whole physics implementation in Source is really robust with, like, thrusters and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it is, yeah, it, some, some of it's simulated, like, wind resistance and all that, but you wouldn't notice that if you were going to make a mod about it. Like, you, you would have to be really pedantic to, to even notice that. And when you're teaching, like, most, like, even at university-level physics, you don't usually take into account wind resistance because it's minor, and you assume that all experiments are done in a vacuum, which is essentially, you know, a game. It would be a vacuum. Yeah. yeah. So maybe that, uh, if you were to do that, I would use it in my classroom. For sure. Yeah, I think... William! Yeah. <laughs> William, didn't you hook up a Half-Life 2 to a treadmill and then make a I model made... map of... I, I, I've done this already. Are you commenting on that? No, I'm just saying that that pertains to this. Yeah, I had an art installation, actually, that I hooked up a treadmill to Half-Life 1, and I recreated the entire art building, and people were walking up, walking through the art building in a virtual space. It was actually pretty sweet wow. and pretty easy to do. So, so yeah, anyway, like, um, well. what I w- really wanted to ask you, because it seems the whole concept of Radiator, not, not the episodes, is sort of not only commentary on like relationships or anything like that or you know an educational tool but a commentary on how current development teams work right now in source are you happier i mean you've worked on black mesa you've worked on various other mods 
Are you happier now in Radiator than you were in other mods? Um, yes. And yeah. why is that? Why, why, why do you feel you're happier? And what could more development teams take from that? Um, well, I think what really got me started on this was, yeah, that frustration and, um, Adam Foster, for one, he just, he just, like, released stuff, you know, he didn't really have, like, a whole PR team, he didn't, like, do all these crazy, like, trailers and stuff, you know, he just put out, like, a screenshot or two, and then said, here's my mod, play it, and uh, he calls it, I think, cargo culting, when, like, you know, in Africa, like, some, some like, highly technological thing will fall into, like, at some tribal indigenous area, and then they'll, like, form a cult around this dropped cargo. And then I think he's relaying that practice to what a lot of mods are doing right now, which is, oh, here's some screenshots. Here's a, here's a weapon render. Oh, look at that. Isn't that mm -hmm. great? And that's not a mod. That's media. I don't care. And... <laughs> Um, I, I hope Radier kind of addresses that and kind of, I don't know, gets people going more on actually releasing things. I don't know. Yeah, so I mean, that's that speaks a lot about your development cycle because we we get in, we usually get into questions like, you know, do you believe a slow media cycle or actually re releasing actual screenshots before the mod is a good thing? But you've pretty much answered that already. And short iterations, it seems to be really what you're going for. Let me, uh, let me, uh, ask you a question what because it seems pretty intricate the what you set up here if if a mod that you liked came up to you and said hey would you mind doing a portion of our mod for instance you know in in half-life 2 the part where you meet dog and you get the gravity gun would you would you like do a little side project for a mod team if you liked it or liked them for them um yeah i i guess i don't know i would just have to look at the, you know what they're doing and stuff. Hmm. When, yeah, when, I mean, I'm open to collaborating with anyone. I'm, yeah, that'd be cool. Did, did you do that in? Uh, um, what was your job in Black Mesa Source? Um, I, I worked on um, the anomalous materials chapter. Um, huh. So I did a lot, and I made a lot of the textures for the lab one. Um, I made that reception area. I made the test chamber. I don't know. It's probably a lot different now. But I made the first test chamber. Um, that's pretty well, – yeah. those are the iconic when, parts of Half-Life. Yeah, so. that's, that's pretty amazing. When is it coming out? Because everyone says <laughs> I say mods are never coming out, but I believe – Black pay, Black Mesa is going to come out. I, I hold it true in my heart. Um, management is, they're they're pretty good about stuff like this. So, I I, I think they'll release. Um, yeah. I have no idea when. Um, I mean they still I think they still have a long road ahead of them to be honest. But I think they'll release. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's. Sort of the sentiment on every everything. Matthew Dryden in the in the live stream is actually asking a question to you. He says, uh, well, "What do you think the community wants when we released?" What's that? Don't don't. That's a load. That's a. Go ahead. Ask a question. Well, I mean, know. it's a in in terms of radiator. What's sort of your motivation then? Um, what do you think the community wants? Uh, he says, "When when we release a model screenshot for my mod, 
it got the most comments out of any other screenshot. So do you think they just want to release? Do you think they want more model screenshots? Do you think they want more map screenshots? I... Uh, people are stupid. I don't know. <laughs> they don't know. Dad, I was... I was just about to say, I think the only reason they get a lot of views, uh, Matt, um, well, should we call him Matthew or Mr. Dryden? I like Mr. Dryden. Like the only Mr. reason, Dryden. yeah, the only reason, Mr. Dryden, I think that people, you get more comments on those is because, especially ModDB is notorious for it, the developers will sift through other mods and see what they're competing with, and I think modelers, namely, will get inspiration and see, uh, you know, what they're competing with, and so you'll get a lot more comments, but it's probably from other devs, not just, uh, not just the readers. So I think the readers really don't care. I think I think the players and everyone just want to play the mod. Mm -hmm. One thing that Nick that Nick mentions always to me in person because he's always compiling the uh, the after show notes things and he has to dig around certain mods, but he likes how direct. That's that's a great way of putting it. He likes how direct Radiator is. It says you know it's a single player mod. It says that it's for what engine it's for. It says what you know, episode is built upon. And not enough mod teams he thinks does, does that. So he, I think he would like to say thank you to you for making your mod so direct and so explanatory. It's oh, not enough mods to say that. <laughs> Thomas, do you have any other questions? Uh, no, other than no, if you ever make any educational stuff uh, anymore, especially in the physics department, uh, we're going to have to sit down and work out a terms of use <laughs> for a license agreement or something so I can use it in the classroom. Money, Alrighty. money. Well, and of course, I, I'm an English major. I don't know how soon that'll happen. But, <laughs> yeah, I'll call I'll, you when that happens. Yeah, well, I'll have to stay in touch with you because, uh, yeah, uh, we, we can we can swap some educational spit. <clears throat> it looks it looks like you, yeah. you pulled it off pretty well, um, Mr. Yang. I think you should... Uh, you should pursue um, bigger endeavors once you get the chance. Maybe bigger mods and pursue. Don't, don't you have any uh, um, goals of a continuous story and implementing a, a full-length mod or anything like that? No, that that's the enemy. That's yeah. I think that's, that's what's the trying enemy to go of all mods to try to make it bigger and longer. I'm, really? I'm already making stuff too big and long already. <laughs> So, I mean, I'm going to ask my normal questions that I ask to everybody, and what, what was the most difficult part for you when you were working on the Source Engine, and what would you change if you could? Most difficult? Um, displacements. Um, that, that's the terrain. That's the type of terrain in Source, if anyone doesn't know. Um, are, are just a pain in the ass. Uh, the the tool and hammer you use to like create displacement is really just I don't know primitive I don't know what the word is um, mm -hmm. I I hate it I actually avoid large outdoor maps because I just hate using it and that and that's really a shame because Half Life Two was sort of built around outdoor map environments whereas Half Life One wasn't so our favorite was... maps our favorite mods were outside like that that open Pardon me, that open one we played that we really liked, that demo. See, I'm sort of the opposite. My favorite maps were indoor maps, just because that's sort of what I'm accustomed to. But anyway, and then... Indoors. What's that? I said to being indoors, you huge nerd. <laughs> that's not what I meant. I made a virtual building so I could walk on a treadmill and 
and go to the <laughs> building, not outside. Outside's for losers. That and sounds also, amazing. <laughs> Mr. Mailorder Bride is calling you a nerd. That's good. Yeah, that's pretty bad when I'm doing that. And Robert, what's, I mean, you've given so much sort of advice throughout this interview, but what would be the number one thing you could say to all developers out there who are listening and working on a mod? Um, release a mod, don't release media. Yeah. I Thank you. The general sentiment. <laughs> yeah. But we wouldn't have a job, Emmanuel, if people did that. Well, no, because <laughs> it's, uh... Well, no, we're not going to have a job now because essentially the podcast is just going to turn into us just saying it's never coming out over and over and over again. <laughs> we're just going to have a button that says it's never coming out and we'll just push it and it'll play it for us so we don't have to waste our vocal cords. <laughs> well, Robert, I really think you hit the nail right on the head with Radiator. It has been a huge hit this week. Everybody's talking about it. Um, in fact... Really? <laughs> it, well, yeah, right, like... after, right after our podcast on sun, last Sunday, I got a link from easily about five people saying you should have talked about this mod but it was just a little bit too late to get on last week's podcast so i'm glad we we waited till this week so we can have you on because you really did interest a lot of people with this mod i think oh thank you well play the next episode <laughs> yeah when's the next episode um called handle with care um i'm kind of done with um it's just really unpolished right now but it'll probably be out in like a week or two. Awesome. Well, a week or two. You know what? I, I, I'm sort of waiting for Emmanuel to say, "Oh, a week or two, you, you never get done." But I generally believe you. I generally believe yeah. you when you say a week or two. I, 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 I too genuinely think you will do it. If you say you will, then so be it. And he's going, <laughs> "Oh shit! Now I'm committed." Now, see, now if you disappoint us, then genuinely, I, I meant. Then I guess I've disappointed you. <laughs> I don't think you'll hear Emmanuel say that ever again. What? <laughs> well, no, uh, no, you'll hear me say it again. Mistake. It's just we don't. You don't give me the opportunity to because we report on stupid crap like firearms source. <laughs> um, we have one more thing before we close up the show, and uh, that is we're gonna play the Planet Philip poll of the week because he does a poll every week on Planet Philip, and we're gonna start bringing that to Podcast Seventeen. It's not a comment or a discussion like last week, which brought up a lot of. Uh, a lot of discussion. It's more of a, a question or, you know, a commentary and, and see what people answer. So I'm going to play that right now. Hi, Philip here from planetphilip.com. Here's this week's poll question. Will we be playing Half-Life in 20 years time? I mean, come on. We watch movies from 50 years ago and read books from even further back. Why not games? So that's this week's poll or question or comment um it was will we be playing half-life in 20 years time and my answer to that is you bet your fucking ass i will <laughs> that's Still pretty playing. adamant <laughs> yes, I think. that's that's a perfectly reasonable question and i will say this and this is my answer officially in my closet i have 48 49 um vhs tapes of uh, dragon ball z and next to that, next to those 48 tapes, those VHS tapes, is a tape player, a VHS player. So that when I have children, I will be able to sit their stupid asses in front of an HDTV and say, all right, you're going to watch every one of these. And if you don't, I will beat you with a stick. And no, my kids, 
My kids are definitely going to play Half-Life. I'm going to oh, yeah. shove it down their throat. They're going to play Half-Life. They're going <laughs> to watch Dragon Ball Z. And if they don't like it, and I, it's funny because I imagine them liking it, but it's just going to be me sitting there next to a 45-year-old man in an Indian position, just sitting in front of the TV, just like rocking back and, back and forth, just like just stargazed. And they're just, Dad, can I, can I go now? But I don't mind. I, I think it's going to be awesome. You know, we're still playing Doom. You can get that on Xbox Live still. So it, we're staying pretty current, and no one has made mods for that in quite a while. But uh, people are still playing it, as opposed to Half-Life, which we're still making mods for, and people are still playing it. Um, so yeah, you know, I, I don't see why we wouldn't be playing Half-Life. I just wish that Valve would either do sor- uh, engine licensing or make it open source. Um, I found it interesting because the other day, Stephanie's mom and uh, Stephanie's my girlfriend, her mom was asking me when I was going to be done with the podcast, and my response to her was, whenever the community doesn't need it anymore, and I think I'll be doing this podcast until I die. So that's how I feel about, you know, when I'm going to stop playing Half-Life 2. (laughs) I'll be on my deathbed doing the final episode. Yeah, I gave the Batman answer. (laughs) Anyway. I, I, I'm, I'm with uh, William on this. I'll do it until uh, I move to England and I don't have time for it. Well, not when I don't have time for it, but when I don't have internet. <laughs> anyway, we got to close up the show because I'm already four minutes over. So uh, I would just like to definitely thank you, Robert, for coming on the show and talking about Radiator. And I would like to generally like to say, um, or genuinely like to say, you've done a really good job and I look forward to every episode in the future. So. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for being on the show don't and disappoint it... <laughs> or we're going to burn your house down and thank you Emmanuel and Thomas for coming on as usual of course yeah. You're... and I think that closes up another episode